ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 367th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons have the short week. They're on the Thursday night football game streaming live on Amazon Prime at 8.15 against the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons are 4-5 and five, trying to stay in first place against the Panthers who are 2-7 and seven, and in last place. The Falcons are tied for first place with the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are going out of the country. They're going over to Munich, Germany, where they will play the Steelers on Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. game. So uh, the Falcons can TV scout them since they'll be off after their Thursday night game. Now the Falcons just played the Panthers a couple weeks ago at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the bizarre overtime 37-34 game. We'll go through some of the, the issues from the short turnaround and then playing somebody this close together. Uh, we've seen that a couple times with the Saints in, in, in recent years, but uh, not so much with the Panthers. So we'll get you ready for that that meeting with the Panthers. They're coming off of, um, you know, getting, getting blown out by the Bengals. They went up there and, it was 35 to nothing at halftime. Ended up being a 42-21 to 21 game in which uh, P.J. Walker was pulled in favor of Baker Mayfield. Uh, but we'll get into that here today on who uh, the Falcons expect to be the quarterback. But let's go ahead and get started with um, Coach Arthur Smith here. And uh, uh, we're discussing with him on how Marcus Mariota has done this season. Enough to be right where we're in the middle of the race. So there's all of us, you know, I and mean, that's the job of the quarterback, you know, when you, you win, you probably get too much credit. When you lose, you probably get too much criticism, but that's what you sign up for. So right now we're right in the middle of this thing. It's for none of us, it, you know, there's always, it hasn't been perfect for none of us, but well, there's been a lot of progress made. There's been times I thought we've played pretty good offensive football, but uh, didn't, didn't get it done yesterday. But we're right, like I said, if we can find a way to get this one Thursday night, That'll be huge, uh, just where we're at right now in the division. Yeah, no qu- no question about it. Uh, four and five, playing for first place, can't lose to the two and seven team. Then you got the Bears coming uh, into Atlanta, followed by a um, trip to the nation's capital to play the Washington Commanders, who are four and four. That was going into this week. Um, I got to go update and see if they won or won the bye last week. But those are the next three games here for the Falcons. You know, coming up. So that's what coach said. Hey, we're in the middle of it. You know, got to handle our business. At time they played, he believes they play good offense. Now we're gonna, um, you know, they're gonna address some of the issues on how they can get slightly better on offense and really help themselves. One of the um, major issues on the offense, you know, they're running the ball great. They're in the tops in the league and running the ball. 
Just put a little bit more passing game with it, and you probably got something. And we know, just looking at our review of the stats, it's real clear where you need to go to get that production increase. And we believe it's to tight end Kyle Pitts. There seems to, I uh, think disconnect's too harsh of a word, but he's been targeted 43 times, has caught 23 passes. I've seen inaccurate passes. I've seen drop passes. So it's not nobody's blaming anybody. Just get the ball to Kyle Pitts. Uh, if you got you know, throw him a screen, throw him a screen. You got to throw him a slant, throw him a slant. You got to throw him a deep ball. Y'all need to connect on that. Uh, but if you're going to get better, more consistent in the passing game, you know, you got to fix that issue with Kyle Pitts. We'll be writing on that this week too. So we asked Coach Smith if there is any disconnect with Marcus Mariota and Kyle Pitts. They're not a disconnect. I mean, these, you know, like I said, we've been pretty efficient. The red zone has been trending that way. You know, when you're getting the further the ball travels, there's a, you know, the, you know, statistically, it's not like those aren't high percentage plays, but, you know, every player is different. Where you you know what, how much air you need to put on them? They run underneath it or, or whatever. And so, um, so we have hit plays to Kyle. We could continue to to work all of it, you know all of our guys, and like, that's the name of the game every week. All right, that's the name of the game every week. Uh, you know, then uh, yesterday uh, or today was coordinator day. Uh, moved up. Usually we don't get the coordinators uh, or we don't save them for the podcast because they're on Thursday. And by the time after the game is over, you know, what they said was, you know, uh, didn't really is not pertaining to uh, what's live. And then they're the day after the Wednesday podcast. So we don't get to hear from the, the coordinators on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. But hey, guess what? We're going to hear from them a lot today. We're going to start with uh, Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator. He goes on a rant. You know, they're, they're 29th in the league on third down defense. I thought it was pertinent to ask about the third down defense because against the Chargers, they had two stops, which we pointed out in the game story, to start the game, and then they fizzled. Chargers connected on six straight and got back in the game with two touchdown drives and took a lead 14-10. Falcons get the lead back 17-10 on a quarter real Patterson touchdown later. But he he didn't want to talk about the third downs first. He called it negative. And I uh, said, is that what you do in journalism? And, you know, I didn't get the chance to tell him uh, yesterday that, uh, yeah, I do teach the intro to sports writing class at the University of Georgia. And what we teach them is to cover both sides of the story, you know. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's not um, pleasant, but we do teach them to be polite and get both sides of the story uh, and ask the tough questions. You know, it's a couple different strategies with the tough questions. Come right out and ask them right away. Sometimes that interview goes sideways. Or you lay back, give them some softballs, let them warm up, and then start zinging the tough questions in there. Uh, either in the middle or at the end, if you think, you know, they're going to walk away. You know, at least you got enough for your story <laughs> before you uh, throw the tough questions out there. But, hey, you got to get both sides of the story, Coach. And uh, third down defense is worth talking about after uh, the Chargers game. But here is the Falcons defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, talking about a variety of subjects, including the media. Were some of the issues go back and then get ready for Carolina? What were some of the issues on third down? Uh, I look at different distances and stuff too for for the last. Didn't cover game. them. What the why? one? That was the one. 
thread throughout on third down. Well, if it's third down, they catch the ball. Does that mean we covered them? So it means we didn't cover them long enough. I mean, how hard is it? That's what we did. Well, that's what I thought, but I wanted to get your um, – I didn't want well, to – I would think that you could see, could see that on any TV, on any third down, on any game. If uh, somebody completes a pass, that means they didn't cover them, whatever the coverage might be. That's what I would guess. Dean, why – I mean, kind of following on third down, why – it seems like there's been a lot of explosive plays also on third down. Did you see explosive plays on third down last week? Third, you did? Yeah, it was 25 yards on third. Okay, what's an explosive play, Mike? 20. Your standard or our standard? Fine, what's your standard? Big plays are 20 yards, explosive plays are 30 yards. Okay, so what did we say last week was one of the things was the biggest nemesis that we had going in, was giving up explosive plays on third down. Okay, that was the fewest big plays we've given up all season, but we're going to dwell on our third down production in that game. Second lowest quarterback rating we've given up to a hell of a quarterback, by the way. Okay, it is the best percentage they get 43 times right through for 245 yards. Is that pretty good, five point some yards a catch? Is that good or is that bad? You guys tell me. I'd say that's pretty good. I'd say that's a positive. I'd say giving up the fewest big plays was a positive. I say starting the game three and out was a positive. Did we talk about not being able to start a game fast? We started the game fast. How did we do in the second half starting the, game, starting the second half? Two, three and outs. How about when we got the sudden change on the 50-yard line and we turn the ball, they we get them to turn the ball over and we intercept? Why don't we talk once in a while about the positives that even come out of a loss instead of we are always going to look for the negative? Is that what we're supposed to do? Is that part of journalism? Really? I mean, I'm asking as a coach, is everything always got to be, let's find something negative to talk about, and this week it'll be third down. There are positive things that come out of a loss, and there are negative things that come out of a win. You understand that? There are. But we're going to dwell on third down. Okay? We got to do better on third down. And the simple answer is we need to play better coverage, or we need to get to them on the pressure. We hit this guy. This guy is one of the best quarterbacks we have placed all year. And he had an 80 rating. 80 rating. There's never one word ever said about that. Not one. In any article, which I don't read, but my wife happened to bring one up that somebody wrote. So we gave up 20 points. Second best. If we averaged 20 points a se during the season, what would that rank us? You guys know? 12, I'll tell you, because I already know. 200, 330 yards. Where would that rank us? 12th. I'll just let you know. Those are both pretty good. What I want to say is I walk into that room and I watch it and yeah, I'm disappointed in a loss and I'm disappointed sometimes in third down, but the other thing I'm going to do as a coach is I'm going to teach and I'm going to coach off the positives. And we are trending in the right direction. So last week I'm talking about giving up all these big plays and now we didn't give them up, did we? And we didn't have explosive plays. How much run after the catch did we have? The only one that we gave up that was actually, to me, fairly explosive, we actually missed the tackle. I thought we had an interception over the ball. We were playing zone, a new zone that we put in. And we read it perfect, and the guy missed the tackle, both of them. They both went for the ball, and they missed them. So I come out of there feeling better about the defense after a loss than I did in some games after we win. So that's all I'm telling you. So it's the 
fewest explosive plays in San Francisco, which was a win. We gave up 14 points. All I'm just saying is there's a hell of a lot of positives on a defense that's trying to trend in the right direction, and our guys are busting their ass to do it. And I'm proud as hell of them. And do we have to get better on third down? Yes. Got to get better on a lot of things. You know, the Falcons just played the uh, Panthers in a, uh, that wild one there, the DJ Moore unsportsmanlike penalty, then the kicker misses uh, the 48-yarder extra point, and then the 32-yard uh, field goal in overtime, and Falcons live to see another day. So, you know, for the game they kicked away against the Saints, they got this one back here against the Panthers. Then last week against the um, Chargers, you know, who knows what would have happened if Taquan, uh, um, you know, um, holds on to the ball there. That was a tough one. Or if they do a little better job on third downs. But uh, Dean does point out, Dean Pease did point out some good things about the defense and how they're trending. Uh, cut down their yak yards. I looked that up. They 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 are coming down. That's in the Cover 99 blog. You know, so it's the numbers don't look good, but he sees growth is what he said. He sees progress, and he's able to make in-game adjustments. So, you know, we, we include that too. But we're going to have the discussion on the tough stuff. So, you know, if you don't want to talk about third downs, you know, then we can start talking about growth and other side adjustments and all that later. But third downs, 29th in the league, we have to talk about it. Uh, he also talked about uh, cutting down his big plays and explosive plays. So that was good. We got that information from Coach. But, Coach, you got to go. We got to get both sides of the story. That's what we teach the kids. So uh, if you want to call that negative versus positive, that's uh, that's what it is. So here we go. Series history. This will be the 56th meeting. The Falcons lead the series 35-20, to 20, have won eight of the last ten games. The Falcons have won the last four in Charlotte, where it's supposed to rain, 99% chance of rain on Thursday night. The Bank of America Stadium, note, note to self, wear a raincoat or get a poncho or something it's because the parking lot's usually a little, little hike from the stadium. Take the umbrella, too. There we go. Note to self, rain gear, umbrella. All right, back to the moves. The Falcons made a couple moves um, here today. A very important offensive lineman, Matt Hennessy, he suffered a knee injury in the loss to the Chargers, and he was placed on injury reserve on Tuesday. Uh, so that means Kobe Gassett will move into the starting lineup. We chatted with him today. He started at Seattle and did a pretty good job. So that opened up a roster spot for Javante Moffitt, the uh, safety from Middle Tennessee. He was promoted to the 53-man roster. Javante uh, is good friends with Kevin Byard, who played uh, safety, who plays safety for Tennessee, uh, out of Middle Tennessee from from Decatur, and uh, he passed on all the things he knows to Moffitt. We talked and chatted with him about that last week, and then he got promoted to the roster on Saturday. So we had those notes uh, to share with you all on Javante Moffitt and his relationship with Kevin. Buyer, so Hennessy was doing pretty good. He has played 50 snaps and then got hurt uh, in the game. Went into the blue tent, came out with a knee injury. Saw him in the locker room today. I couldn't tell which knee it was. He didn't have anything going, but um, he's got a knee and it's going on IR. So uh, Matt Hennessy, uh, he was start starting at left guard for Elijah Wilkinson, who's also uh, on IR. 
Kobe will take over. And the, the Falcons were down a safety after trading D. Marlowe to the Bills at the trading deadline. And also, Eric Harris has a right foot injury. Uh, it was surprised inactive last week. Must have got hurt in the walkthrough on Saturday. Something like that. But Eric uh, Harris has a right foot. On, he's on the uh, injury report. A.J. Terrell, Eric Harris, and Felipe Franks did not practice on Tuesday. So that, that might those probably are three of your inactives right there. So And as a couple of uh, practice squad moves, some familiar names here. They're keeping the, keeping the uh, practice squad stock. Quinn Bell came back as a linebacker, outside linebacker. He had been on a 53 for most of the year. And um, offensive guard center Jonathan Harrison, he had been with the Falcons during camp. Uh, he's added to the practice squad. They're getting thin at the guard center rotation. Because uh, behind behind Colby Gossett will be Chuma Adoga and Ryan Newsel, who's on the um, – practice squad so i think he'll probably get another promotion uh this week so there we go those are our moves and our series history right now we're going to take a break from the bowtie chronicles podcast so here we go this is the bowtie chronicles from the atlanta journal constitution ocean breeze tropical beach an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise a drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to go over our tale of the tape. Since we just played them a couple weeks ago, it's not that much of a change there. Uh, But we, you know, we we, uh, make that as part of our preview, you know, especially after the stats are in and we got enough um, action here. And as far as the quarterbacks goes, um, I talked to Coach Pease about that. I said, hey, what are you expecting that quarterback? They played two the last game. And he said they'll probably play two again. So they, they, there you go. They're going to start. Coach Wilkes has come out and said he's starting. He's going to start P.J. Walker and because uh, he did a good job against Tampa Bay and the Falcons. But he bombed it up in Cincinnati. He was 3-9, of 3-10 for nine yards, two interceptions. And, you know, that's the formula to get down 35 to nothing by halftime, which is hard to do in the NFL. So that, that and then they put sent in Baker Mayfield who had some respectable numbers. I think fourteen to twenty. I can look those up, but uh, he had a couple touchdown passes. They put up twenty one garbage time points to make it look good. But you know the biggest challenge for the Falcons will be Deontay Foreman and DJ Moore, the two guys who went off on them last time. Foreman had uh, one hundred eighteen yards on twenty six carries, three touchdowns. And D.J. Moore caught six of ten targets for 152 yards and the 62-yard bomb that probably got Dean Marlowe traded. Uh, But uh, those are the two uh, game records for 
the Panthers that the Falcons will have to keep under control. So let's break down these um, stats real quick. Just the elite, the good, uh, the elite unit, this is the Falcons running 162.9. That's the fourth in the league. And uh, their run defense is eighth in the league. Anything top 10 is what we're calling elite now. Uh, they only give up. They were out of, they fell out of the top 10 after the Panthers game, but got back in with a fine showing against the Chargers. They're 106.9. So running the ball and stopping the run are the Falcons' two best units. And for the Panthers, their offense, the best thing they do is uh, rushing two, which is um, 22. 22nd in the league they don't have anything above the top 16 uh that's why they're two and seven but they run the ball uh, 105.3 yards a game same thing on defense nothing above 21 uh that is uh passing per game 22 31.0 that's 21st in the league so you know their points just go down the list of carolina they're 23rd in points Scored 19.9, 30th in total offense, 289.9, 22nd in run, 105.3, uh, pass yards, 184.628, 28th, and then tw- time possession, 25.2. So that kind of played out last game. Points allowed, they're 29th at 25.3, and uh, total offense, 27th. 370.3, then uh, rushing yards, 139.3. They're 28th. So you got the fourth best rushing offense going against the 28th ranked rushing defense. So the Falcons going to be able to run the ball. So what I got to put a little bit of passing with it. Just hit a couple passes, a couple more passes. And uh, this was the game where uh, uh, Marcus Mariota had a season high in yards, 253. So it's there. It's there for him. Uh, it's going to be in the rain, so maybe the passing games will be shut down anyway. Maybe we'll have a good old slosh bowl there where it's uh, 6-3 to three and everybody's just running through the mud and uh haven't seen one of those in a while. But um, opposing pass yards a game, 21st. Yeah, so you got the 21st defense trying to stick the 30th pass offense. So that's, yeah, it was there for the Falcons last time. Now, turnover differentials, that's how the defense has got to play because I don't know the coach doesn't like the third down questions. Uh, they're last in the league in um, passing yards. But you can make up for it with turnover differential. They got a turnover against – they got two turnovers against the Chargers, the the interception by Richie Grant and the fumble. So the, um, the, uh, the Falcons are tied for 13th with the plus one differential. The um, – Panthers are minus four in their differential. So those are the matchups. They didn't change much from last uh, meeting. Falcons should be able to run the ball. They should uh, also, their pass defense is going up against uh, the 28th pass offense going against the 30th second pass defense. So, you know, that's that, that, that's even. You take that and see who's going to make plays. Last game, Foreman and Free, Foreman and um more made plays for the Panthers with P.J. Walker uh, missing a lot of open receivers early. Then he came around and I think ended up passing for 317 yards in that one. So those are your playmakers. You all know the defensive guys, uh, Jack Thompson, middle linebacker, uh, Brian Burns. The big match- matchup for this one is uh, Derek Brown 
against um, Derek kind of had his way with Drew Dahlman last game in the interior of the uh, Falcons line. That's a group project, Kobe confirmed uh, for me today. Uh, but that's a group project this time around, and he uh, – you know, he had 10 tackles. That's hard to get 10 tackles coming from up the middle. But Derek Brown's a beast. We know who he is from high school in Auburn. Here he's a former AJC Super 11. So no no real surprise for our people that have been following his fine career. So that's our tale of the tape. Let's get back to our coordinators. Coordinator Tuesday. It was for us at Flowery Branch. And we talked to... Um, Special teams coordinator Marquise Williams on the Panthers and the challenges of a quick turnaround. I don't necessarily say it's any issues. It's actually um, there's some fam familiarity when it comes to who we're playing with uh, playing Carolina and playing Coach, uh, Coach Tabor and his special teams. Also, too, being able to co coach against Coach Tabor, which he does an incredible job with their special teams unit. You can even date back to when he was with Cleveland to my years coaching against him while I was with Detroit and he was in Chicago. Those guys are physical. They play fast. They do a good job of flipping the field when the return game. You can look at Raheem Blackshear. He does one of the top return in the league had a 66 yarder last week versus Cincinnati and they're creating a spark for their offense when it comes to creating and controlling field position so it's a great challenge for us this week when it goes when we talk about their coverage units their return units um, so I think the challenge is more so their personnel and what we're going against and the weapons that they have on special teams but it, it kind of helps us that we did play them a week and a half ago all right that's our the Falcons uh, special teams coordinator Marquise Williams now, the Falcons teams, I wanted to uh, – we gave our grades out last week in the midterm. You know, we jumped the gun before uh, before the actual halfway point, which was halftime of the last game. But uh, we got nine games with eight to go in the 17-game season. So we wanted to know what can the special teams units improve on the halfway point of the season. I truly believe we can improve in every single phase of the game – Dating back to the times before, guaranteed a kickoff and a kickoff return. So continue to be in the present when it comes to whatever situations we're in, being able to execute better with all 11 guys doing their job and being able to flip the field when it comes to certain situations, whether it's coverage game or, you know, we talk about leaving meat on the bone in the return game. So we have some opportunities. Last time we played Carolina, we had two penalties on the kickoff return, which hurt us in field position. So that's our challenge this week to do a better job playing the game penalty free to help our our offense with better field position all right and uh good stuff there i think that was uh felipe franks had one of those penalties and cunningham texted me about the fifth tight end out there making mistakes but uh felipe might not be available this week so no felipe text from mike this week now i'm um, supposed to rain 99 percent chance of rain for sun thursday night and here's what uh coach williams does on how they prepare for the potential bad weather you go back to the basic fundamentals. I think sometimes when you play in adverse conditions or something that's you know not the best conditions, it goes back to pad level, footwork, your catch mechanics, your eyes, your first step. Um, 
not fall stepping. All those little things matter because when you get teams or players that play in different conditions, whether it's snow, rain, a soggy field, the, the breakdowns happen in the basic fundamentals. That's where it happens. So not being focused and being dialed in that play, looking the ball in when you're catching it, whether you're a holder or a punter, you know, making sure that you're um, taking the shorter steps when you're a punter or a kicker rather than reaching out. And then because sometimes in this type of weather that we're in right now, you could get away with that. You can not playing underneath your framework of your body and playing outside the framework of your body. You could get away with that. But when you play in those type of conditions, you really have to hone in and rely on your basic fundamentals. All right. No question about it. Um, gotta gotta uh, rely on the fundamentals in the rain. Now, uh, offensively, Coach Dave Ragone, uh, we spoke with him today. Uh, several issues discussed uh, with Dave, the former Louisville quarterback. From Middleburg Heights, Ohio, former St. Ignatius Wildcat. Well, here's uh, Coach Dave Ragone on the Panthers and their familiarity after playing them just a week ago. Yeah, I think anytime you play in a division opponent, let alone one uh, within a couple weeks, um, the familiarity is there. Uh, the reality, though, is for both of us, uh, each week you can you come to a different spot in terms of who's up, injuries, things of that nature, what's working, what's not, what you have to adjust. I mean, we're under uh, no ill-conceived notions that are not going to have adjustments, just like that we're going to have adjustments, and then we're going to have to make those adjustments as the game goes on as well. Um, again, they present a lot of issues, uh, what they do defensively with their pressures and their, and their personnel. Uh, we obviously are very aware of who they have and how they can use them. And so it's going to be our job offensively to make sure that we stay one step ahead and continue to, like I said, make adjustments as the game goes on. Yeah, the uh, Panthers, uh, you know, they're 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 fast. They uh, you know they got Derek Brown anchoring it up the middle. Then you got Brian Burns on the edge, Shaq Thompson in there. Uh, Frank Luva made a play last game, uh, so they've got. Um, you know, the front is stout. Uh, you know, the defense is uh, not the issue there in Carolina. You know, maybe they'll keep some of those guys and build around that. So we um, wanted to know from Coach Ragone on the Panthers' speed and physicality on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, right. I mean, you look around, just each level of the defense um, has really, really good football players, uh, guys that perform at a high level, and they make the guys around them better. That's, that's the one thing when you look at really good defenses – and you look at good defensive players and you look at how they're able to make the guy next to them better. And this defense is chock full of them. Uh, they've got great experience, young, old guys who played, um, guys who are breaking themselves in and they play fast. And we know it's going to be a physical football game. There he is, Dave Ragone. Uh, you know, passing is the thing. That's where if they're going to go, if they're going to, it's, it's eight games left, you know, Washington and the Ravens are the two toughest teams record-wise. Uh, they close with Tampa Bay, which, you know, they're, they're going to make a move. Um, but if the Falcons are going to beat some more good teams and beat some, uh, beat the 2-7 and seven teams, the passing game is going to have to uptick here down the stretch. Now, uh, they've gotten this far by uh, letting Mariota do, you know, not asking him to do too much. So we're not asking them to do too much either. Just, you know, hit on a couple more passes, you know, get a little bit more accurate. Or, or um, you know, another option is uh, because the running backs are playing so well, maybe you could move Coderell outside some more and just throw him some some passes. You know, 
He caught that bomb in New Orleans last year that won the game. Uh, and, um, you know, the, uh, and you could throw him some short stuff, too, and get some productivity out of it. And uh, uh, But, hey, here's Dave Ragone on getting some consistency from this passing game. For us, it's one of those things where you, you go in, you try to take advantage of certain situations. Um, again, it go. I always thought this, regardless if I was on a team that threw it 45 times or didn't, and the passing, right? The old adage is there's a few things that can go wrong when you drop back. There's only really one that goes right, right? Especially when I worked for a defensive head coach multiple times, I've heard that. But my point in all of that is it does take, just like the run game, it does take all 11 the pass game. And so we're trying to strive for that consistency, uh, the timing, the spacing, the trust of all that. So we'll continue to press that as the weeks go on and, um, and hope for consistent results as we move forward. All right, there it is, Coach. Dave Ragone. Hey, before we get out of here, I'm just going to do these real quick. They're in the Cover 9 and 9 blog. That's six straight. That was six straight conversions on third down was a lot. That's why we asked about it. So it was third and 15. They picked up 20. It was six of six for 75 yards on these third downs. Uh, Justin Herbert, one of the fine young quarterbacks in the league. Third and 15, he hit Palmer for 25 yards. Third and six, he hit Palmer for 10 yards. Third and nine, he hits Gerald Everett for 12. Third and two, he hit Mike Bandy for four. All right. And then the next two, third and one, he hit Eckler for three yards, Austin Eckler. Then third and five, he hit DeAndre Carter for 23 yards. Lot lot going on there. Uh, need better pressure, need tighter coverage is what uh, uh, we came, came up with after discussing that with Coach Dean Pease. And uh, another thing, he did say the yak yards were coming down. And they actually are, but they were so far out there, but they are coming down. They only had 119 yak yards against the Chargers. But going back to the last four games, they had 212 against the 49ers with four players with 29 yards or more. Uh, 169 against Cincinnati with four players with 25 yards or more yak yards. And then 142 against Carolina with four players with 21 yards or more yak yards. and this, So it's not one person. It's all over the field. Teams are finding the zones and, and, and getting yak yards. But it started at 212, and then at this game against the, the Chargers, they're down to 119 yak yards uh, with four players with more than 25 yards to go. So um, there you go. Should be ready for this Thursday night game. But, hey, we would be remiss if we did not mention the Jeff Saturday situation in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, Hebron Christian High School coach, the just the uh, coach making a mockery of uh, the whole coaching profession in the NFL. Well, hey, we like Jeff, though. We saw him at the owners meeting here in Atlanta, covered some of their games, the big win against the Patriots up there in Indianapolis. Uh, uh, you know, so – Nobody's, you know, he's a good guy in a bad situation, but um, just uh, we'll be discussing this whole hiring practice. And you wish Jeff the best. It's just a bad situation, it looks like. And man, I know Matt Ryan is mad. They really, the Falcons got him good. They traded him to the circus, and uh, <laughs> he's up there, uh, probably um, just trying to get his shoulder right and be as professional as he can. So that's a current event. Just want to throw that in there. You know, a lot, lot going on in Indianapolis with the Jeff Saturday hiring. 
uh, not just the minority coaches. Uh, we're, we're talking about the whole coaching profession that should be offended by hiring, you know, a guy with the, you know, the only thing but a high school uh, record where he's 20 and 16 and, uh, you know, just a former player. I, I was listening to my guy Alex Marvez on the way home, and he said it's the first time since 1961 that uh, uh, someone was hired to coach a team with uh, no NFL coaching experience, no NFL or college coaching experience. And that was the first one was Norm Van Brocklin. So, um, and pointing out that that was this whole different era. AFL was, you know, just kind of bumping around then. We didn't even have the merger yet. Uh, so, you know, you're going to hear a lot of this stuff in the coming days. Uh, and uh, they go to, I think, Vegas this week for the first game. So, but yeah, Jeff's a cool guy. Uh, but, you know, just in a bad spot that Jim Ursay's putting him in. And uh, we'll see. Everybody's going to be watching to see what goes on up there in Indianapolis. And I know Matt Ryan can't wait to get out of there. Get out of the circus. <laughs> so with that, we're going to close up. A little tangent. Close up with that little tangent there on the Jeff Saturday situation. We'll hear more about that in the coming days for sure. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to get ready to get up to Charlotte with our rain gear for the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Thursday night. 8.15 p.m. Hope you figured out the Amazon Prime streaming thing by now. Uh, we're 10 games in. You should have that worked out. But if not, I'm sure they will sell you some streaming stuff on Amazon Prime and, and, and uh, the apps and so forth so you can watch the game on Thursday night. So with that, take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean Breeze. Tropical Beach. Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.